Do you know, uh, I like must switch off for a second there because you when you said, you know, he's come in at 27 or 28 so late, and I was like, Robbie Henshaw, he's been playing for Ireland since he's 19. What's he on about? I'm talking about Gibson Bank. And then you started talking about putting Conor Murray out of the team. I was like, what is going on here? Yeah, welcome to the show, Derek. Joe presents House of Rugby, United Rugby Championship, together with Bank of Ireland, proud supporter of the four Irish provinces. Welcome back to House of Rugby URC, brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Happy New Year, guys. It's good to be back. Um, obviously, the fixture list has been absolutely torn to shreds over the last few weeks, but we still have a few games to talk about. Of course, we've got the Italian Derby from Christmas Eve, Scarlets versus Ospreys over the weekend, and of course, Munster versus Connacht. Yeah, we'll get to those games in a few minutes, but first of all, you might notice that Megan is not with us. We should probably talk about the elephant in the room. Uh, Mr. Darren Cave has joined us because Megan, unfortunately, wasn't here. Is that a reference <laughs> to my physique? Or like... You had a good Christmas, obviously. <laughs> Where did that come from? Um, I think we're, uh, are we, we're the only three people in Ireland that don't have COVID. Is that correct? I feel I left out. So. I honestly feel left out. I haven't got it at this stage. I mean, do you know, it's like I know more people that have it or are in close contact than don't have it. Yeah, we've been very, very lucky not to get it. Megan is a close contact. She doesn't technically have it, but yeah. uh, we obviously couldn't bring her in today. But uh, thank God, Darren, you came down. Thanks very much. And I just don't know what to say to that response. I was like, I thought we were supposed to be giving the rugby lad a hard time, and then next thing I'm an elephant. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, how was your Christmas, besides all your eating and drinking, obviously? Genuinely, that's, that's what it was. Drinking and uh, not watching uh, rugby, screaming toddlers and drinking beers. Good times. Brilliant. Sounds like a great time. Mm. What about you, Jason? Good Christmas. Sounds like my Christmas, yeah. I was actually got out on the 23rd, obviously, had a few, had a few uh, creamy ones, shall we say. But uh, other than that, like, stayed at home, ate turkey and ham sandwiches, stuffed my mouth with chocolates, drank cans, sipped whiskey, <laughs> watched delightful. Netflix. Yeah, it was a t- tough Christmas. It's yeah. not all, it's not all, this is where Greg, we ask Greg what he did, and it's like, this is what, what, we're, what, we're, what, we're, what, we're what, we're building up, we're building up this, it's going to be huge. Hey, listener, I wish more like a D-lister. I went to Portugal, uh, my family live over there now, so I went over to Portugal for the week, played a bit of golf in the sun, uh, it was, it was lovely, yeah, yeah. Spent, th- spent time with my little nephew, um, and then got home then about a couple of days ago, had a very ca- calm New Year's Eve though, like everyone else, yeah. not much happened at all for New Year's Eve. I was asleep by 12, I reckon <laughs> yeah. for the third or fourth year in a row, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. What are you New Year's Eve guy? Did you not watch the 15 minute uh, show on RT that was on? No, you didn't no. watch that. No, apparently it was absolutely rubbish. Shot all the one. I, I watched BBC on New Year's like soccer. I was gonna say like you know, I'm I'm in the north. I get we can't get RT. Like you know, man, discriminate. Better off, better off, yeah. better on BBC. But uh, obviously, look, we haven't got much rugby to chat about in terms of actual live games because live games don't exist anymore. We get one per ten every weekend. As I said, so we'll get onto that in a bit. But um, first thing we have to look at is is that in general like like. How are we going to fix this fixture backlog, as we call it? Because how many games have been cancelled now? I've lost count. Was it, at least two rounds got cancelled anyway, was it? Yeah. So they all get pushed into 2022. And there's the Six Nations to come. There's more internationals to come. There's Champions Cup to come. Like, where are they going to fit all these games? I know in the South African, like the South African teams, like, I don't know. They're just they going to play each other. For, yeah. like, they're going to be doing an interpro for the next, like, six months. Yeah. yeah. And the Champions um, Cup games that got cancelled with the English and French teams. So like, you, just have, you just have loads of games just thrown on everywhere. And where do you put them? It's such a shame as well. You do feel, you have to feel for the organisers of both competitions, you know, trying to make you want to try and keep the credibility of the competitions, but ultimately when you're going through the season and you have to keep changing the format, mm. it's just such a, listen, it's a sticky situation, isn't it? But um, yeah, yeah, it's not far off the stage where 
they just will not be able to uh, mm. um, to catch up on fixtures, and yeah. we'll have to make a change to like. I wouldn't be surprised if they just if the South African teams left for this season, and they just you know try to go back to the drawing board, get somebody to get a trophy this year, and start mm. again next year because it's yeah. threatening to turn into a bit of a mess. Yeah, well, it's not even just the URC. The Premiership uh, is skipping games as well. Mm. The Premiership of Soccer is yeah. missing out on games, so it's not just the URC. It's a logistical headache for mm. the entire world of sport. Like yeah. so, I don't know. Do they start like? Cutting rounds of quarterfinals and just go straight gonna, to semis. You're going like to like, gonna have to cut somewhere. Like even the Champions Cup qualification for the last two years, because of COVID, you've had 24 teams in it instead of 20. Yeah. So now we've got this rubbish two pools of 12 instead yeah. of the old pools of four teams in it, and takes this away is, from it. And that's going to be the same next year now again. Since the start of all this, so this is the first time we've seen it so rife with like players, though, isn't it? Mm. Like. Um, before it was maybe travel and like you know it's a logistical nightmare trying to get like a team from the south of France to say Bristol yeah. but now it's just like literally there is most teams probably have someone in that we used to talk about bubbles yeah everyone has COVID in yeah. the bubble and like do you know at least one person oh, it's like if you look around look at all and most people's friends and family you think around now like the last wave of it you might have known someone like, I think about 80% of the people I know have it at the we, moment. Yeah. We, we, are the, we are the only three. We've got the I immune system. I got a text at midnight last night saying, assuming you've got COVID, on the off chance you can't, we're absolutely fudge. We've got nobody for the show. We can't leave the rugby lad with Greg. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and you came from the UK as well. You drove down. You should yeah. be riddled with it. Um, but no, yeah. The other the other thing, big issue with these fixtures being postponed is player welfare. Like yeah. The lads can't play that many games. So you know from back playing in your day, you can't be playing... That much rugby. Don't call it my day. It's not that bad. Like you know, it's, it was many moons ago. It was two and a half years ago. I acknowledge I'm a has been, ah. but like it, I don't think it's the state. I don't think the game has changed enough for me to use the phrase back in my day. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I, mean? no, I think it is, man. <laughs> Do you know it, it's going from the periods of like. Um, okay, stay in your house. Or like, the, look at the Scarlets, for example. Like they were locked in Belfast for was it ten days in a hotel room? And <laughs> they weren't allowed home. Wales wouldn't accept them. I know. In the back, Northern Ireland accepted them. In, in the back door to Britain, like <laughs> up the, you know. <laughs> um, but if you're like going from locked in a hotel room, like where you talk about like. We we're laughing about taking the stairs on the way up. It's like you cannot exercise. You cannot like you can walk around your room and then maybe three weeks later you're expected to play a Champions Cup game. Do you know yeah, what I mean? A few, so few it's, planks um, in your bedroom, like about it. It's about all you can do, really. Like, yeah, yeah. I order room <laughs> service, and uh, so that's the issue. Is that like these players? Like normally their routines for are mapped out for like months in front. Like I remember playing at Ulster and they had like they like pick they've picked like sort of teams almost because they you know through rotation and they know you know this two week block is where we want to peak Champions Cup Dar and then you know what I mean. So they've got like a whole framework mapped out for a year and then it's like games off. He's in isolation. He's in like yeah. so it's a complete um. It's a mess. Yeah, it's a headache for the SNC coaches trying to get yeah. programs ready for. They plan out SNC programs for the whole season, like mm. so moving things around, getting them to peak for certain matches. Is, I wouldn't like to be a coach anyway, trying to sort yeah, that that's out. That's what happened to me over Christmas. Like there was a plan that like I wasn't going to yeah. drink and like I was going to eat well, and then like COVID came and like here I am waddling <laughs> into the studio. The thing is, yeah. this, this is going to stem into the Six Nations as well, not just the fixtures, but are we going to have fans in the Six Nations? And like we were all looking forward to it. They're all nearly sold out as it is. I remember even I had a, an interview with James Lowe a couple of weeks ago and I was telling him, are you looking forward to like full Six Nations, all the games, everything? I was like, but touch wood. At the time I was thinking, ah, of course it's going to be full. Like, yeah. This is back in November and there was no sign of this. And now all of a sudden you're like, 
Yeah, it's oh. not great. But you know what? Looking like it's going to be empty again. We, we, <laughs> could, t- we could talk about these, this fixture yeah. backlog for the whole show. Um, yeah, let's talk hope- about Ireland's depth in the back row. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> give, the, give, the, give the listener something new. <laughs> and other good news in the, well, other good news, some news in the rugby world is transfers. There's yep. a lot of people moving around. Uh, for instance, Sean Raphael is coming from Saracens. He's a back row going to Ulster. Yep. Your beloved Ulster. You probably don't know who he is, do you? I don't know a lot about him. But yeah. some, uh, there are some Ulster connections there, like the uh, obviously Mark McCall is from Ulster yeah. and the head of he was SNC Phil Morrow. Yeah. I think he's now head of like some kind of director of performance. There is a strong link there, but no, interesting. I thought Ulsters were, were only allowed to sign players from Leinster. It's weird. Ulster signed players from Leinster and then people with Irish uh, ancestry. Those is are that all, that's our yeah, criteria. That's, yeah. And yeah. He's not South, South, South African or from Leinster. It's pretty much it. Or South African. Yeah, yeah Dwayne Vermeer <laughs> yeah. is coming in there. Yeah. And then if you're really stuck, you pick someone from uh, who's come through the school in Ulster. <laughs> the last yeah. resort. <laughs> yeah, well, up, more Ulster news. Addison and Cooney have decided to stay, which is yeah, good. I mean, the transfer in Ulster is brilliant. Yeah, like, it's it's renewals everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, uh, listen, from they try to make big news of guys like Nathan Dogreen in his contract, but it's really no, like he's signed he's on a four year contract with Ulster. Yeah, it's straight four years. Long that term. doesn't happen in rugby. Like it's that's always insane. It's two year deal. Like that's it. Like maybe three. That's, Even, that's like a, back in my day, back in your day, like that was decades ago. Thing. Like you would have gone and like shorts. Uh, yeah, and it's strange because you know how quick it can like people can develop in rugby. Like yeah. I, I personally don't think. Like he will be, but like work a guy like that in four years could be anywhere. Like he could be a British Irish lion. Okay. I'm not saying he will be. He could be. And it's strange that the it players. Is. I don't know how those contracts work. They must be hugely incentivized. I can see why Ulster have done it. Ulster have probably said, look, we'll pay you this year, this this year, then we'll raise it to this. So it's like a you know incremental kind of contract. So he's looking. I got oh, happy days. Yeah. But. It always I think it, I think it's a bad move out of him because yeah. he's such a good player at the moment. Mm. Take a two-year max, I think, because yeah. one year obviously doesn't give you if you get injured, like you yeah. yourself. But like two years gives you a bit of security. Four years, as you said, he could be the best player in the world yes. in three years. I, actually, I know. I, I won't mention him. I know a Munster player that did that a few years ago. A young Munster player, and he got offered a two-year deal, and he's like, "No, give me the one-year deal, because yeah. if I'm worth if I'm worth it at the end of this one year, then you'll give me a two-year deal or a three-year deal." And more money or better. And, and he, like, up, he, he got the deal because of that. Maybe yeah. a bad example because he's such a good player. But is that not what happened? Is that what happened to Furlong? He got he he took a one year. He did took a one year, and he, he just renewed. Yeah. And like I'd say that the one he renewed would Crazy. be. Whereas your, if he had taken a price. three, you know, you're. So I think four is a long time unless you are a, like a 28, 29 year old, and you're at the absolute. And it's like most players have like a sort of the. Sort of flagship yeah. contract of your career. There's one yeah. contract when you're absolutely at your best. Other than that, for the young guys, I don't know why they go for four years. Because do you know what? In two years' time, they'll probably renegotiate, but Ulster will hold all the cards because yeah. Ulster was saying, we're here for two years. Like if you're a player playing well, you want to be out of contract. Yeah. And you yeah. want the club going, oh dear. Yeah. And as a result, like guys like Stuart McCluskey and um, uh, John Cooney, they both renewed. Yeah. And they're both probably getting like well paid because yeah. there was the threat of France and... Doesn't John Cooney uh, famously only take one year contracts? Didn't he come out and saying that? I don't know. That's the kind of thing he would say. Yeah. Like, he thinks he's he thinks he's Conor McGregor. Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 you know, he, like, I mean, he thinks he's a bit of that about him. Yeah. But... Um, I don't know if there's truth to that that I heard through the grapevine that he only really goes for one year is because he backs himself so he is much. The, he is that kind of guy. Yeah. Um, so a lot of like, yeah, a lot of good business like... Uh, Porter, he knew he didn't use contract. Yeah. Uh, Connor Murray. Connor Murray, Connor Murray national, national contract. contract. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm presuming with the Nathan Dog thing was that 
that he has smart people around him and that there's clauses in his contract that if he makes an Irish team, maybe he can get out of it. Makes a Lions team, he can get out of it. Like things like that. Because there's no way he's signing four years on like a a low fee. Nah, no way. But listen, um, yeah, you'd you'd imagine there's enough agents and people close to him to keep him right. But like I don't know. I got back in my day, uh, if 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 a nineteen, if a guy like him came to me and said I'm thinking of signing a four year, I'd just say why. Yeah. yeah, why are you doing it? But I know, yeah. He obviously has smart people around him. But what about poor Connacht? Like, I mean, Connacht are getting riddled again and getting losing everyone. Delan is leaving to end of the season, look like he's going to La Rochelle. They've already yeah. lost. Uh, Papalili's going to Breathe. So is Sammy Ireland. Sammy Ireland's going to Breathe, yeah. Could be more like there. That's not good for them, like, is it? It is not good, no. Ultimate Land is basically going to La Rochelle. It's not confirmed yet, but for, like, it's like 90%, supposedly. Everyone's talking yeah. about it. Could you not um, give Connacht a few quid? Like, I mean, you're a favourite team. Like, could you not get some money out of the well, coffee business? Been, Finance a few deals from look after him. Like. They've been trying to uh, pay me if you could to make a comeback, um, <laughs> but they couldn't afford me. Uh, <laughs> making a comeback like Paris says. Take, back, take like, Sammy yeah. Ireland's spot there next season. Uh, if you go. Do you know Alden Delan's a big blow? He's I think, he's, I think he's class. Yeah, he's underrated. Class, but he's just not in touching distance of the Irish squad, really, nah. is he? He's not in the top four second rows of the country. But you've got guys like Bard coming through, yeah. and you've already got guys like James Ryan inside there. You've got guys like Ty Byrne inside Ian there. Henderson. Ian Henderson. Like There's two did. Lions plus yeah. the future captain plus Bard is an absolute superstar in the making and there's more guys in yeah, Ty Byrne can play in there like, there's just yeah, too many people so I can see why he's going he's obviously yeah. getting a massive bag big paycheck and over to Ogara as well like, I mean, he, over to Ogara you know, yeah. learn a lot over there and stuff. I like. can see him going well as well he, so he strikes me as kind of like a guy you know, like he's, he, he is robust and good in the loose but he's big like he's kind of lumpy big second row you know I could see him I could see him doing really well he's yeah. a good player I think I think it's a really good move for him it is um, yeah. individually for him it's very good same yeah. for Sammy and same for yeah. uh, well Papi is not Irish like, but mm. Sammy Arnold going to breathe yeah. Like he got his Irish cap and he's just he's going over there for the yeah. experience. Like I'd be a good mate with him and he's like, Why mm-hmm. wouldn't you take it? You know? Yeah. But then do you look at the IRFU being like, We kinda need to keep these guys playing in Ireland to develop the whole system, develop develop the whole thing. Because yeah. Connacht are going really well. They don't want to be losing guys like this, like Papa Leahy and, and all people like that. Like so hopefully we don't lose too many more, but Ulster seems to be going well, so yeah. Darren Cave is happy. Yo. I think the whole trend to work in rugby is gonna change in the next couple of years because of COVID and also what's going on in England at the moment. So next year you don't really have two marquee players. They only yeah. don't have one from next season. So that's a half million pound player. That's why you're seeing the likes of. What's um, the standard? Do you normally have two marquee players. So what like makes they don't count. A marquee to, player. They, to, to, you're allowed to say he's a marquee player, and you, you put two down. You're then they don't. Okay. They don't. You nominate. They don't count towards your salary cap. So oh, you can have okay. two marquee players on a million a season if you want, like, and they don't count towards the salary cap. So that's why you've got Exeter having to offload players now at the moment. You've got issues there with the Leicester Tigers are being done at the moment for something similar to Saracens. Well, they're not being done. They're being investigated for image rights deals and stuff. So that bubble could burst in England as well because there's a lot of money players going over there recently. So if that bubble bursts, then you've got France. You've got guys could go off to Japan. I don't know what. Ways yeah, well, talking about the English Premiership, Ellis Genge and George Ford have both left Leicester yeah, and they're more, yeah. going to Bristol and Sale respectively. Yeah. Um. So there's obviously stuff going on there. Like they can't hold on to those guys. Like, and don't understand Leicester. They haven't lost a game this season. Like why? And their captain's yeah. even and what you call it even. But was Seal Seal are throwing money everywhere. They yeah. Have. They're, they're, they're signing Johnny Hill like and someone else. A few other players. Like they have money they, to burn. Hi, and the Fafta Clerk is he not still there? Yeah, he's still there. Yeah. Yeah. Fafta Clerk is there. Yeah. Yeah. So they must have six marquee players. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But then Leicester then got rid of Ford and then brought in Pollard and said like so I mean I, I don't I think 
from an Irish point of view, I look at, back to my day. <laughs> I don't. Th- I genuinely don't think that the Irish fans have loads to worry about. I think mm. people underestimate how well um, sort of paid and looked at. Like the Irish players are like they're well. They're they're not paid like the France money, but they're well paid and they're well looked after and <clears throat> they get rested and rotated. It's not for the. You look at the four provinces, like it's not. It's an. It's not an easy league to play in, but it's not like the Premiership. It's not like the top 14. You know, the top 14 have so many fixtures. You know, you have a lot of tough away games. Like For the Irish teams in the URC, there are some, I wouldn't call them easy games, mm. but you know what I mean? And all four teams are very strong, very competitive. You win a lot of games. You live at home. Like, it's a great, it's a good country to live in. Yeah. Um, all those kind of things that, as a fan, you don't really think of. Mm. You know, people are like, oh, what, you know, why is Stuart McCluskey not off to France's Ireland career this? And you're going, well, do you know what? He's probably getting paid a, a lot of money. Like, he lives at home. He's five minutes from his family. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? He's real happy. Like, every, every, once every two weeks, he goes to the Kings, Kingsban and puts 30 yeah. points on a team bonus point, a few beers after the game, and have Saturday and Sunday yeah. off. You know, it's not a hard life. There's, like, there's a reason why we don't see many Irish players go to France there's obviously a reason why because they're getting bloody the salary, well looked after the salaries are not yeah. the salaries are decent mm. um, very very good for the top players and the it's like it's a good life yeah well, the IRFU take very good care of their players in the provinces do the welfare is unbelievable and the rotation and you get yeah. really well taken care of even in the yeah. seven setup, we got really well taken care of yeah. in a medical point of view yeah. so there's there's probably why people are re-signing like, like Murray yeah. and yeah. Addison and Cooney and but stuff does, like that's that. a good segue there like obviously as we're saying the, the four provinces in the men's game are well looked after we know there's issues in the sevens game besides the medical side standpoint but we know the women's game is an absolute shit show at the moment basically everything we were away for the last few weeks but that review is actually going to be made public now and yeah. that's going to make for some interesting reading yeah it's been very dramatic I don't know the exact ins and outs of it but basically the women went to the government and yeah. to the Minister of Sport filed a complaint essentially the IRFU went back at them initially saying oh we have a review going on independent review let us do the review first and then the women were like alright let us see the review so they weren't initially going to let them see it or they were yeah. going to give them a summarised version Right. and now the IRFU have agreed to let them see the whole uh, investigation So, and I think they're actually going to publish it now so I don't know who's doing it, but I think it's an yeah. independent investigation. Yeah. So at least we're going to actually get some answers and see what see what's going on with it. But it's just it's tough because of like you. Can, I just don't think you can be competitive as an international team if your players aren't doing a, a really good standard week in week out. Yeah, that's the uh, like I'm seeing that again. Part of the reason, like that Ireland are successful is because like Ireland only picked from four teams and I'm stating the obvious here but like it's it's probably hard to be comp- like you're playing against England and you're France you're competing with them you're beating them but the quality of the rugby um, I know I, I sort of uh, said there are some lesser games in the URC but those Champions yeah. Cup games and mm. like week in week out um, and like I noticed that in the summer when uh, Ireland were playing America the USA and you always feel like you know those teams are kind of getting better they're getting better they're getting better and then after watching that game, I thought, you know, what's happened here? Those American players have all gone back and they're playing a major league rugby. So that's what they're doing week in, week out. Um, and they've come together to take on Ireland, who these guys week in, week out, and you haven't even got Ireland's best team out, but week in, week out, they're like Champions Cup players. Yeah. Um, and they just can't, like the Americans just couldn't hack it. They're just because week in, week out, they're not playing good enough rugby. And that is the thing. Like there is chicken and egg in that. How do you create that? How do you get the Irish club rugby to a certain stage? How do you do it? Like, I think part of the success of the Irish team has been the provinces. Yeah. That's yeah. the foundation was built. And for me, the women's game doesn't have um, beneath international consistent quality 
um, games. I just don't think there's enough good games. I just don't think it's competitive enough. What the answer to that is, uh, thankfully, that's not yeah. my... So, did, did yeah. Look, but, we're not asking for 12. We're not asking for a full league. You're not asking for 12 bloody professional teams. You're asking for two or three, four, if possible, four provincial professional women's teams. And let them work away at that for a few years so they can build their way up instead well, of like it. the stories we're hearing of, of like girls playing like a sevens rugby and getting thrown straight into 15s yeah. have never played a 15s game. And that's the thing for no me, you're kind of like, okay, we haven't qualified for the World Cup, and it's like, right, what a good shot. And you're kind of looking, well, why would you? <laughs> why like why yeah. did you expect to qualify for the World Cup yeah. if you have players that you're throwing in from sevens? She's playing club rugby, she's playing for you know some random club. Yeah. Like so, why are you going to go? How, like, what made you just think? Just because it's an Ireland badge on you, like. What made yeah. you think you were going to be competitive against England? Yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying you have to make the game professional, but I'm saying like you're mm -hmm. not going to beat no. teams with professional players they or need, even semi. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, they need to be training week in week out. Yeah. In a professional context, like think about the Munsters, Leinster's, yeah. Connacht, and Ulster's in the men's version. They're training yeah. on Tuesdays and Thursdays. It all goes back to there. If you that way, unbelievable sense. standard, yeah. and it comes yeah. up. And even from in the, if you go even further down in that, the grassroots version where we all came through, the academies. Unbelievable schools, unbelievable training systems. They're like basically sub academies now as the yeah. the schools come through. Yeah, look so at the standard to... of senior cup in some in some schools. Like it's yeah. absolutely it's insane. It's unbelievable. Like, same, you know what I mean? And that's Saint back... Michael's and people like that are just yeah. incredible systems yeah. in their schools. Obviously, so the guys are coming into Leinster's and the Munsters and they're already yeah. conditioned. And then it just goes into the Irish team. So yeah. they need to put that into the women's do, system, yeah. which is going to take, as you said, years. It is. Yes, really. Even male rugby players, like when you start off when you're a kid. When you were playing junior cup and you're 13 or 14, you're doing gym sessions and you're getting handed programs yeah. at 13, 12, 13 years of age. And they're yeah. expected, they're not getting that as 20 something year olds playing against professional teams in England and France. Yeah. What do you expect? And one week you're playing amateur rugby and then the next week you're playing the Six Nations <laughs> or a World Cup qualifier. Yeah. And you're going, oh, flip, let's do a review. And it's like, well, it's not really that complicated, is it? No. Yeah. Like you've got you've people got working full time and playing amateur rugby and then you buck them together and cross your fingers. I know, yeah. Exactly, <laughs> That's kind of what's yeah. happened here. Like, yeah. And then it's like, shock horror, we haven't qualified. Well, you know. Yeah. Um, the Sevens girls are great, but you can't be putting someone into an international 15s game if they've never played a 15s game before. It's insane. That would never happen in the men's game. No. Imagine no. a fellow going in that's never played a 15s game yeah. and getting a cap. You know, you're early. playing against France there the weekend. All right, John, cheers. Yeah. They're, they're class <laughs> athletes, but it's just like, it can't be happening. No, like, it's not fair. It's, yeah. it's completely unfair on them. Such a, like it's just unfair. Fifth. And they take the blame yeah. then. Yeah, but it's not their fault. That's what I'm saying, but it's it, that, it, yeah, it yeah. looked because, oh, you lost the match. To play, you should have played, played better. It's like, what are you talking about? And I think Sevens. Like it is a technical game, yeah. right? But it's just, it's not like it's a, it is. It may as well be a different sport. Well, that's what, that's what I've played both at the, at high level, and they're at the top level. They're completely different sports. Completely yeah. different. Yeah. You've played it as well. Yeah. Sevens for Ireland. It's completely different when you're trying to play at that level. Like so, you can't just be pulling people back yeah. and across. Like no. it has to be kept completely separate. You can drop out of sevens probably yeah. and come back into fifteens. But and and train like your Hugo Keenan well, and Will Connors, but if you put it, if you if you've put it the men's game, imagine you took a couple of a, a few AAL players. Um, and then shoved in a couple of sevens players, and then came last in the Six Nations, and then you do a review and find out, and it's like, maybe is that not what happened? Yeah. Is that not what they do? It like, is, I don't in, know. Like, in, in a nutshell, it is. Like, so it will be interesting to see how they phrase it. Yeah. But is there enough? I know we're really batting on with this now, but is there enough women's rugby players to fill four teams? It's like, even if there isn't like I mean you know try and fill one or two at least like yeah. do, do what you can but you have to do something you can't just leave it the way it is yeah it's, you know I mean I, we're not going to figure it out but there's people in suits getting paid a lot more than we are to figure yeah, it out well that's the thing and it is like you know it's um it's chicken and egg those things like there, there maybe there would be more 
you know, women, female rugby players if the team, Irish team were more successful, but if the Irish team were, aren't going to be more successful until yeah. time, effort and money is yeah, put into it. That's yeah, what I mean. exactly. So you almost have to invest in the end product before yeah. you can't really go to the grassroots and start telling all these young kids about how they're going to go and play in a World Cup when and they're sitting going, right, well, but you, let's yeah. go watch Scotland New Zealand here in the World Cup. Yeah, like, yeah. You can do one or two clubs because like over in England with the, with, the, with, the, with, the, with the Women's League in rugby, like not all the clubs have female teams, only some of them do that are in a position to have them. Same in the soccer. Soccer's getting huge over in England, like, but you know, for years, Man United didn't have women's team; they only have one this season. Whereas the likes of Arsenal and Chelsea did. So, like, it doesn't mean we have to have Munster, Leinster, Ulster, Connacht yeah. have women's teams. Yeah. Like, hey, if, can we can we at least get one in Leinster? Or can we get one in Munster? Yeah. You no, know, I would. And that's the thing. Like, in the end of the day, like, that's I'm not calling for professional. Uh, Rugby in Ireland for women. I'm just saying that um, they need to do something to get the yep. players playing competitive rugby every single week, yep. yeah. or yep. at least like 20 times a year. Because if they're doing that, then you throw them together as Ireland. Yeah. Like you know, they're finally they're tuned. They're ready to go. They're playing like, good yeah, rugby. Exactly, whereas yeah. you can't like you can't uh, uh, from a men's game, and it is a different game in terms of how it's structured. You couldn't go from AAL to Six Nations. No. You cannot. That so like, not even no hope. You'll be getting beaten 80 nil. Yeah, 100%. And, you have to, and if you're going to have the women training that much and playing that consistently, you have to pay them to do that. Like, it's just it's like any job. So yeah, we're all looking forward to that independent review and hopefully get a few answers for the women's game. Um, but back to the men's game now. We only had two weekend games. Yep. Connacht Munster. I hope you've recovered from that. Have you? One of the worst games rugby I've ever seen in my life. Who won? I didn't even see it. I don't know. I, didn't see it. I turned it off there. Rugby lad, tell us who won. Ten a like kind of monster. It wasn't a sports ground, but monster were poor man, weren't they? Monster, it was just like it wasn't. It was like watching a different sport. Let's be honest with you. Like I mean, I've, I, I mean, I would say probably the worst game rugby I've watched this season. And I was at Monster versus Cast. Say what you said before we went before the recording. Well, I said a lot of things now about Monster. He's very emotional. He can't be held liable for what he said. <laughs> but just to without put, the expletives. Yeah, just to yeah. put some stats on it for uh, the, the listener. So Darren Cave looked these up just before the game. So Munster had 28 kicks, 45 passes, and 59 runs in the whole 80 minutes, which is ridiculous. To Connacht's 21 kicks, 170 passes, and 139 runs. So like they were just playing two different games out there, weren't they? Yeah, I struggled to concentrate when I was watching it because I was I had one of those wee clickers. Do you know what I mean? I was like pass, pass, pass <laughs> for Connacht for Munster. It was easy. My two-year-old was able to. <laughs> no, uh, Daddy, I, I would like to credit Bernard Jackman for those stats. Um, I, he'll be an avid listener of the show, no doubt. They came from him. Bernard. They didn't come from me. But yeah, uh, 170 to 45. Like, like yeah. passes, that's it's it's mental. But like, what already stands out for me is Munster had 28 kicks and 45 passes. They nearly kicked the ball as much as they passed it. <laughs> so, like that must have been the game plan. What do you think? Uh, ask him. Uh, what, what were you saying before you come on, on rugby lad? About <laughs> Johan van Grand? Uh, look, look, look. Be, look, be honest. Like, I mean, if, if you ask any Munster fan, like, and I'd say the same. And look, he's a lovely guy. He's done a lot for Munster the last five years. But it's it's good that he's leaving at the end of the season because they're going nowhere at the moment. They don't seem to have a game plan. They played some lovely rugby against against Wasp. I don't know if that was because of Ian Costello, because the young guys were playing. But against Cast, just absolute rubbish. Against Connacht, rubbish. I don't know what's going on. You, you can't blame the players because the game plan that was there and set out against Connacht was just, yeah. what are you doing? Like, what is... That's not rugby. Yeah. Do you think that's just what they're just being told, right? Just kick the ball, kick the ball, kick the ball. That's what it seems like. I mean, it happened to Ireland for a while, like where you could see that they were being told sometimes. You can see, I mean, I just, it's very hard for us as a viewer looking in, and you could tell me a completely different story, and oh, I played that match, it's different. But when you certain games, you can kind of see, and it's like, that's not the players. Well, your best place to know that, Darren, from your years yeah. of playing. Yeah, back in the day. Back in your day, yeah. <laughs> Do you know? Yeah, like I remember playing games, and like uh, I remember one year we won in Montpellier, and I remember it was like, 
let's like because obviously uh, there was a stage at Ulster where like Pinar's box kicking and uh, uh, Bowen Trimble were on the wings like so we were on, like and uh, from that team if you had a line out like on the halfway line like uh, having a box kick and getting like a like that was the best way to sort of create momentum and get yeah. into it. I said it on the last time I was on this show. I have been underwhelmed with um, with Larkham's impact just from who he was and where he's come from and I just haven't seen it from Munster and. Um, as much as I love teasing about Munster and the problems, is like I do think Munster have the potential <clears throat> from a player's point of view. I think Munster's players on team sheet, full strength, are like right up there. Yeah. Like I think they, I don't think they're better than Leinster. I think they could beat. Like I, I wouldn't be. They're capable of beating them. Yeah, like I think on paper, mm. Munster are better than Ulster. Yeah, not in reality because yeah, we, yeah. we, well, we all love Ulster. On paper, but Munster's you know, if you go through Munster's, Munster's yeah. best team, you're like, whoa, like it's. Unbelievable, such yeah. a team, and I remember like thinking, you know, Larkham, and then like just like the ballot, like big centers, like Conway, Zebo, these guys, Earls, like, and don't yeah. get started yeah. on all the young guys. And apologies because we don't talk about forwards because you know, who likes them <laughs> yeah. all? Like, um, yeah, you have Chris Farrell, you have Delinda, you have, you have Joey class. Carberry, that's international well, like, back Just on that, like, they're gonna have to tear that all up again at the end of the season because it looks like more than likely Delinda's gone, right? He's not gonna stay on for like, and why would he stay on for another year? Why would he? He's probably the best up there, probably top two, three, twelves in the world at the moment. Literally, name your price, name your club, he can go there. Yeah. Snyman is probably going to be gone as well. Is he going to be kept on? I don't know what's going on in the story there. He's probably going to leave again. So there's a couple of other players supposed to be on their way out. Larkham's gone. Van Gran has gone. Uh, I don't know what's going on with the rest of the Roundtree's contract is, going to be, is, is up at his sense. Is he definitely he's, staying? No, he's taking the attack. That's what's happening. <laughs> Apparently he's so, doing the attack and Larkham's like, doing the scrum. <laughs> there's I mean, like, for, for Van Grand to be going over to Bath, and Bath are bottom of the Premiership. Bath have shipped 70 points twice this season. They're absolutely useless. They don't have a great squad. Yeah. It's not like it's like, oh, I'm going over taking this big job. He's t- it, it, I'm, no offence, like, okay, look, we're on a URC show. Bath are far inferior team to Munster. Nowhere near as good. They don't have the history. Then even now, like it's a massive step down. It's like he yeah, must be leaving for a reason. Well, I'd say he. There's, I'd say there's two reasons. One, he's obviously getting paid a load of money to go over the bat. Or two, two, from what I've heard, is that he's not. He doesn't get on that well with the players in Munster. Oh. Yeah, socially they don't really get on with him. Like you, know, you really want to have that connection with your manager or manager. I'm talking football here with your well, coach. No, yeah. So I think that might be another element of it. Maybe his family as well. So that, yeah, I just think it's crazy. In, uh, like on paper to going away from Munster. Yeah. It's such a huge job and we don't know who's going to slot in there now. Yeah, saying, if that's the case, so if he's saying, like you were saying, you know, he's not getting on with the players, right? So there's all this talk about someone like Scott yeah. Robinson coming in who would get on with the players but you're bringing in another a foreign guy coming back in again or then you're looking at someone, I even saw Steve Hansen being linked with the job. But are you better off bringing in, uh, bringing, uh, bringing up someone like Ian Costello, bringing in someone like Mike Prendergast or even bringing back Declan Kidney? Like he's been linked with the director. Is that was that what you need in there rather than another big flashy South African or New Zealander? It's hard to know. Munster, in fairness to them, do really like um, have like I don't know what it is about them. They seem to have like they do have global appeal. Like I do think like yeah. you know there would any name no name would be off the table for them. Mm. But it's just yeah like this coaching ticket. They've gone big. They've gone overseas and like big names, a lot of money, and I, I wouldn't. Uh, and it's just do that. Yeah, where do they go? Do they look for like a? I, I read something with Declan Kidney being linked. Mm. I was quite surprised. Um, but yeah, listen, I don't know. Yeah. Everyone, you know, probably O'Connell's probably happy. O'Gara's probably happy. Prendergast. Yep. Like, there's a lot of good options for them. Um, to be honest, with you, I was surprised that the contract was renewed in the first place. I feel mm. like it is hard to judge throughout what has been the most ridiculous two years of rugby ever. Mm. You know, it's been a bit of a non-event. But I thought it was a good opportunity for Muster just to wipe the slate. 
and right. get a new coaching ticket in and by hook or by crook they've got there so um, listen they'll have the money mm. and they've got options so if I was a Munster fan I would be optimistic about um, yeah. About, yeah. about like not to write off this season but about next season I would be no. quite optimistic they've still got, got a load of good players if Dale Andy left of course they would miss him you know Scannell's a great player mm. he's played a load of good uh, uh, rugby for, for Munster so they have loads of good players and they have the foundations there so uh, if I was a Munster fan I wouldn't be overly worried yeah I do think a shake up is, is good and uh, next year will hopefully be uh, more positive for Munster but to actually talk about the game um, yeah. it wasn't that exciting lads the first 20 minutes was, was really was really poor but they were in the sports ground in December yeah. so uh, the weather, the weather, look, lads, like, as we keep saying, like it's been a pretty mild December. There hasn't been that much. There. The weather wasn't too bad out there. Like, yeah, let's, let's, not give it, let's not give them excuses. Like, like, <laughs> it was just absolute yeah, well, SH1T is what that game was from start to finish. Well, in fairness, Connacht, Connacht tried. They were moving the ball around yeah. nearly aimlessly sometimes. They just kept going to play in mm. when they should have kicked it. But uh, a, a big pivotal moment was Ben Healy's 60-metre kick down the middle of the pitch. Mm. He split Mac Hansen and I think it was... Uh, who's the full-back again? Tiernan Halloran. Tiernan yep. And Mac Hansen just jogs back. Like... like Lackadaisical. Like. I remember watching that and I thought, was, have I missed something on TV and I'm watching a replay in slow motion? Like, no way, this is happening live. Yeah. It was in slow motion. I was like, no I'm way Conway's getting to this. And I was thinking he must have either got hurt in the previous play or he was absolutely gassed because there's no way you're jogging like that, like looking at the ball. It's early, it's, it's early enough on in the game as yeah. well. Like, no excuse to be you gassed that early. You imagine like, forwards like oh, on the front five and like, You'd be, wouldn't you? Yeah. Big cook down the middle of the field. And has, I mean, it is hard when the wind's going, blowing there because, you know, traditionally, you know, the fullback or those back three players would sit in around the 15 because mm. normally that kick up the middle, normally that kick up the middle yeah. of the field is not the play. Uh, but the sports ground doesn't obey the law nah, of physics. sports like. ground is an <laughs> enigma. And normally at those kicks, if the ball bounces, like it's a good kick. Mm. That's I think that's a good rule of thumb to use. Like if it's the, But that kick from Ben Healy went 60 metres and it bounced eight times before Mac Hansen picked yeah, it up. Yeah, that's slow. Eight that's, times. That's a, what are you doing, that's, lad? Like? That, that is a lifetime on a rugby pitch. Like do you know what I mean? And, and then it is one of those ones where the charge sound's coming and you can sort of see Hansen pick it up and he's going, right, OK, yeah, yeah. I'll kick this side and he, like, I'll rearrange the ball and I'll really take my time. <laughs> and geez, I wonder how we get on the new year. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Next thing is like, oh, and like the column forwards are on the halfway line going like, do you know what? I'm not even going to jog back. Just clip the conversion over and we'll stay here. Yeah, well, the mad thing was that Ben Healy actually charged down the kick as well. So he kicked the ball, ran the 60 metres, then blocked it down. And then Conway comes from behind uh, Mac Hansen and, and scores in the corner. And you got to credit uh, the Monster Chase. Yeah, yeah, three of them. Chase, yeah. Like Shane Daly, unfortunately, fell over, but it would have been his try. Yeah, he got. Did he, he did he get the touch? Or he nearly got the touch before. Yeah. Or was it just? He I can't into, remember. He I haven't slept in weeks, guys. Toddlers. <laughs> um, but yeah, the three of them to get there and that. Listen, yeah. you know, yeah. you, you run that and you get there. Uh, you do that repeatedly, and and one time you get the reward. Exactly. So fair play to him. Conway, he's, he always runs those. Uh, yeah. those, those extra meters, and he got rewarded for it. So I think the big um, thing about Munster in that game as well. We talk about Munster's negativity, like and just their style of rugby. Like there was a load of yellow cards in that game but at one stage you know Connor were down to 14 men they were front of the post kept going for tapping goals weren't getting nowhere why didn't they go for the scrum Connacht yeah they, yeah. They, yeah, they, 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 yeah I mean I, I rem, the midfield scrums on the 5 metre line yeah. like defensively are a yeah. nightmare I'm talking, I'm talking about the Munster one sorry excuse me I'm talking about Munster well, yeah, Munster so didn't go for in that situation from, from, a, from, yeah. like a, from Munster point of view I can definitely see why like Definitely not see why they'd help them go. Like yeah. I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, they should have like, made, made more if you're, sense. If you're a player down and you have a, you're defending a five meter scrum, yeah. like on and you know, Mike Munster are going to have like Munster scrum is always going to be a certain level. Yeah, like that is a horrible solid. place to yeah. be. Yeah. 
like I used to hate that, and you'd like you don't know which side of the post to stand, and like the the pictures so changing, exploring. and yeah. it's like, yeah. uh, and you're just looking at it, going, where we we have we're numbers on on both sides. Yeah. Um, just means that you have more options from Scrum straight away. Like there's literally it gives the attacking team five or six different options. Having and a said that, do you not love the way the tap and go is back in rugby? Like isn't that brilliant? <laughs> really? It's, like it's in an amazing way. Like it literally vanished for how many years? Like I remember, like it, it vanished. It was Anthony Foley was probably the last yeah. person they used to do it, and then Exeter brought Exeter. it back about three years ago, four years ago. Yeah, it was gone for ten years. Like because it just didn't exist. You know, as, as a as a neutral. As obviously yeah. I wouldn't be in Monster Comics, I'm a huge Connacht fan. Um, <laughs> you know, like, like I can scrums. I don't want to offend any props listening, but you know, there's times it resets scrum and okay and okay, far side, far side collapse, and the referee goes round, goes, don't do that again. Um, tap and goes great, so credit them for that. Credit them for the jeu. Yeah, great yeah. to see it back in yeah. play. <laughs> and another uh, crucial stage of the game was just before half time, where Munster were in the 22 with Connacht, and Connacht managed to turn them over. Bundy Key gives the big. He was, he was well he, on it on the weekend. Wasn't he loves he? that. Like, and, uh, I love Bundyaki, like, but he's a bit over the top now with, that, with these, this whole pumping with and the, fisting. The whooping yeah. and hollering? Yeah. What's the whooping and hollering? Yeah, but look, Mary, still, he's an absolute class player. I'm not going to. Yeah. <laughs> well, Connacht conceded uh, five penalties then in just over uh, two minutes, and Oshin Dowling was yellow carded. Like, there was a yeah. lot of yellow cards in the game. That's when the bitterness started. Like, as in, yeah. so I was saying this uh, before, for some reason, it was, it was the same in Toma Park, it was the same even last season. Connacht and Munster play each other. Maybe it's because half the Munster team now plays for Connacht. <laughs> but they, they're, there's always fights and there's always bitterness, and like, we saw it half time. Yeah. Like and we we didn't we didn't see it. We saw it after the break. You see, like it, what are you saying? They're both rushing to get in, and then they just ran up on top of each other. And well, I, I was wa- I was watching it, and I saw Shane Dell and Chris Farrell both absolutely peg it in towards the dressing room at yeah. halftime. And I was like, what is going on here? Why are they sprinting? And they obviously fought on the on the sand there. Yeah, and there's Chris Bosby telling them off. Just um, but he gave a yellow card then to Dell Hunt and Neely doing his leaving cert um, next Who? year. Chris Bosby is the referee there, so you've been a very bad boy when you were running off for half time. Yeah. When in fairness, they had to they had to do something about it. Like you can't be doing that. It's lads in rugby running out at half time fighting with each other in the dressing room. Like, yeah, what are we doing? I know it's a local that's derby, but like no, listen, I mean, it's, it's, it's the only it's probably the only it's the only way Munster can get a win. Do you know they won the uh, half time wrestle. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But like look look looking at the second half, then look, I mean there's two things happened in the second half. That shows you how boring this game was. You had first of all we'll talk about the Chris Farrell incident. Now this is it's a 50-50 thing depending on who you talk to. I, I'm I don't know. The more I look at it, like I, I, I in the beginning I was like, yeah, yellow cards enough. The more I watch it, the more angles I see. I agree with Darren, and I don't know. I, I don't know what your thought of this, Greg, but I think maybe it probably should have been a red. I, in my opinion, I think letter to law, it should have been a red. Chris yeah. Farrell, no, is not a dirty player at all. No, but it's no. just the way it happened. It it's was, just that's that, that is it, the way the way it unfolded. He comes in. He comes it, in high. It, it, what, what was his excuse that he's stepping into? It? I don't see any step there. Yeah, <laughs> Chris Busby, the, the the ref was only gagging for mitigating factors here. He, so he said, <laughs> he's still looking for them. Like. Honestly, he was standing under post talking to the TMO. He was know, like, yeah. "Well, I think that he stepped off his right yeah, foot." Yes, and what ten questions? You know, he shook my hand before the game. He seems like a nice guy. Yeah. You give me yellow. <laughs> he must just be really good friends with Chris Farrell or something. I'd say no, look, as, you, as we said there, he is just doing his even start. He's a young referee. <laughs> he he no. probably just. You don't like giving like a red card in a game like that. That's so close. That's a derby. The pressure then is on yeah. that ref, and he's like, "I'm going to get if I get the decision wrong, and it's it's 
much better to just give a yellow and put him in 10 than to put a red ca- give him a red card yeah. with 40 minutes left in the game. But you know, I do think, if it's wrong, I do but think, it wasn't. I do think Busby's a good ref. Like, and mm. I just think in that sense, he might have felt a bit of pressure to, n- to not do a pressure. red card in, in the local derby. Right yeah. I, I don't... Um, like, for me, I, um, I feel like I'm banging the same drum every time I talk about this. Like, a head-on-head is just, for me, I don't... I, like, obviously, Chris Farrell's a former teammate of mine. He's a lovely guy. He's a class player. Uh, he's not dirty in the slightest no. but yeah for me you just can't uh, head on if head touches if it's head on head unless it's like two players maybe like trying to go down for a jackal or clash like, heads like, yeah, clash clash heads, heads, yeah. like knee height for me I think if people are classing heads because the tackler is entering the tackle zone too high then I just think it's a red card because yeah. I think head on head is, is yeah. really safety, dangerous safety the game, yeah. I just think just tackle lower mm-hmm. and yeah Chris Wall's a big guy and I just I just think um yeah, I, I, I don't um, I don't like uh, people head on head collisions. I think it's really really dangerous, and I'd like to see incidents like that just out of the game. Yeah. And that's not meant like we've already put the disclaimer in there about Chris Farrell. It's not personal to him. No, but head on head is dangerous and shouldn't be in the game. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah, hundred percent. I agree with you. And then after that, what happened was uh, Connacht then kicked to the corner. So. Mm. Farrell gets yellow carded yep. once you're on the 14 men kind of kicked to the corner and then they maul and Bundyaki somehow gets his hands on the ball yeah, and scores steals, Who, steals what, the ball what, off the board what Connacht forward has, has slipped that ball back to him like what is he yeah. thinking like? he runs in I don't know how they gave it to money <laughs> I've been in many small like and literally if you, you're trying to smuggle the ball off one of the forwards you just they kick you out like, piss yeah. off like well, in fairness Bundy's probably bigger than most of the forwards that's what I was about to say yeah, I mean yeah. I don't think too many, too many uh, forwards in the Connacht pack are going to say Bundy you can't have that like, yeah, yeah well, that's right. I mean Bundy's their uh, British and Irish line Bundy is like probably their god essentially yeah, in Connacht he, had, like, he, had a great he does game. what he wants but he, he was he was class it was, he was class and it was a really really big moment to yeah. lose Chris Farrell and to score five points like was was massive and I think that's when it was like alright lads I don't yeah. think Munster are going to win this game uh, to be honest with you like when they scored that like I'm watching the game watching the first half kind of happy because I'm happy they lost if I'm honest with you because it looked like Munster were going to sneak it and you're like they don't deserve to win this game and then they'll just go oh we played crap and we still beat Connacht away from home and it's like it's like those you know those bloody those games like the soccer games and stuff where a team stinks at the last minute and they think oh it's great we got three points it's like, you were rubbish for the whole game and that, that would have happened to you last night I think and it would have got glossed over if they won so it's a kick up the arse yeah needed, it I definitely think. is and to, to not take it away from Connacht they had some really good performances across the field yeah Conor Oliver was outstanding. I don't understand how he has... Well, I'm hoping he gets called into at least a training squad for Ireland mm. in the Six Nations. He's unbelievable. He's, he's been like... Um, I think it's his size, maybe, is it? Is he just not big enough, maybe? Yeah. Is that why? Yeah, but his aggression Small makes seven, up you know? for it. Like, it's aggression. He's top yeah. tackler and yeah. carrier, I think, for Connacht this season. If he was in the Champions Cup, anyway, yeah. they played recently. Yeah. Which is just him on the top level of club rugby, which would mean yeah. he should get a chance with Ireland. But then, talking about the Irish back row... But the issue is, we don't want to talk about depth, you know? Oh, yeah. Hold on, I was, just, I was just the point I was getting. Two Irish depth in the back row. The depth in the back row. But I just think Conor Oliver is playing so well, he deserves a shot. Yeah, um, it's, fair, it's fair, it is fair. Another really good stand-up player for me was Conor Fitzgerald. He's a Shannon RC man, I know him well. He, Art Skull Reachman. Art Skull Reachman. He came in because Jack Harty got hurt. Yeah, played incredible. He's class player. And it was only twice Kieran Marion actually messed up getting the ball to him, but he was like running, making half gaps, moving the ball around. He had a lovely out the back um, at one stage to the seven. Yeah. Um, their captain, which I thought Conor Fitzgerald was incredible. And Prendergast, obviously. You didn't really like Prendergast, how he was acting and laughing and the whole stuff. Yeah, I thought I he, like was he was incredible. Oh, he was class, but I just don't like that behaviour. But that's, that's a different yeah. story. You're a traditionalist. That's it. Yeah, but sometimes I think that that behaviour is what 
really gets at other players and that's why he played well, so well. Well, Connacht are good at that. We, we said that before when Connacht beat Ulster. Like, they, 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 love, they, love, they love, kind of, they're good at getting under team skins. Like the Argentinians do. Like, just this little smiling and slapping fellas and rocking yeah. and laughing at them. It does get under your skin and it works and it, it makes teams He got in a couple mistakes. of fights, like, but none of it was, like, like card-worthy, but he was, you could see he was pissing them off. He pissed off Kaneem Witcherly a couple of times. Yeah, it's and handbags, but it works. It gets under it's, It gets people under, under your skin. skin like, yeah. Yeah. Connacht, if Connacht can, like, Connacht are... Connor can do it against the Irish provinces and sporadically against everyone else. <laughs> they just need to put away the so-called yeah. lesser teams in the league. Yeah, they're yeah. so like oh, I love Connor so much. <laughs> I'm gonna hold before, on before and, we move on to the next Andy, game. Andy, friend, uh, I am available for the second <laughs> half of the season. Um, you you wouldn't make it in. Text him back. Yeah, so you can take Sammy Ireland's position next year. But um, before we before we now. move on to the, the next game, obviously it's into the frying, from the frying pan into the fire for months or next week. Ulster. Above yeah. it's above the Kingspan as well, isn't it? If uh, I, I or, what I, I haven't seen Ulster in uh, in months. Of there, are they still playing? I don't know what's happening to them. <laughs> tipping away, tipping away. No, but, listen, uh, yeah. If Munster play the way they played like that, like they're going to go up to Ulster and they're going to get absolutely spanked. Yeah, what do you think, Darren? How well, you think Ulster, like oh, they had a great, uh, great run in Europe. Um, a couple of cracking performances. Mm. Uh, Northampton ran them close at the end, but I didn't yeah. feel like it was a close game all in all. But it's hard to know. Like, that win against Claremont was huge. Like. Yeah, they were unbelievable in Claremont. Yeah. It's hard to know where they're going to be at just not playing the last couple of weeks. Mm. Um, and it's one of those ones where like, if they're 30 points up at half time, everyone will be talking about how the rest done them good and got yeah. their Christmas. And if they're 30 points down, Sorry. everyone will be saying they're rusty. <laughs> it's a bit of that going on. Um, yeah. What's the COVID cases been like in the Ulster squad, do you know? I don't know a lot. Of, I bumped into uh, one of the lads actually um, just start walking um, uh, during the week and he was saying look we've had a couple of cases and I think um, I think the game's going to be off this was early in last week so yeah. I don't know I don't even know how I think they get tested twice a week yeah. in PCR but then the yeah. PCRs don't come I don't think until the next day so like yeah. I don't know it's, it's bad so I, I don't know if they'll be I'm actually on Tone Park well. I should know that but it's on Tone Park okay, that, that just shows that is, you how, how much interest I've lost in Munster two <laughs> weeks of the way things are going yeah, that is a big factor nowadays yeah. I do think in the Irish derbies is will, where yeah. you're playing I go like, up to Ravenhill I would have been like you're saying Munster oh, haven't played in weeks like Munster haven't played in weeks either really like you yeah. know <laughs> the, 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 the home advantage in the, in the enterprise is massive like, and I even think it in a normal Christmas New Year period when you have a three games like there's times where um, you would like lambs to slaughter Maybe you're playing, maybe you're home to Connacht, away to Leinster, and then home to Munster. Uh, and that I remember, like, you know, at, early in my career, I wouldn't have played in the middle one, and later, at the end yeah. of my career, you would have been one of the lambs that went to the slaughter. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so they do, away. but they do say, like, some, there, there are times, I mean, they're the hardest games in the league away to their provinces. Yeah. Um, so it makes a huge difference. So, But it's a great opportunity now for Munster to put in a performance, like, to get Ulster down. Ulster have been playing well. They haven't obviously played in a few weeks, but they have been playing well. To get a win against them yeah. would probably turn the tide exactly. a little bit. It's only Ulster as well after at the end of the day. Like, you know what uh, I mean? don't be like Anyway, that. moving like on that. to uh, more of your favourite teams. I don't know if we are allowed. We've Darren on the show now, so I don't know if we're allowed to talk about this or not, but there was two Welsh teams, Ben. And like that was the only other game, so we kind of have to talk about it. So we're gonna have to talk about Ospreys versus Scarlets. I know we're not. You know, we don't like talking about the Welsh teams. That's not correct. Um, Darren didn't even watch it. Not tell us that before that you're. No. What's um, the point in them being in the league? I actually even... think my words were, I'm a huge Scarlets fan, oh, and I was nice. delighted to um, to watch the game. Um, Is there any team you're not a fan of? Uh, the t- any team that loses. Um, <laughs> there would normally be... Um, no, I, did, I saw some of the game. Yeah. I um, Too many screaming toddlers, unfortunately, to watch the whole game. Yeah. Uh, but it was strange, because when, obviously, as an Irish rugby fan, you saw the two games were on, and you're like... 
we're watching the game. Yeah, sports we watched the wrong game anyway. We they actually <laughs> played rugby in this game. <laughs> we completely like went away. Like yeah. uh, it was a great the, game. Yeah, it was seven a great tries, game. Yeah. Seven tries. Yeah, there was some unbelievable tries as well. The one yeah. that stood out for me was Luke Morgan's. Yeah, did you see that? The, the speed, speed of, of that I, man. I played against him in the sevens. He, yeah. he was, he's Welsh, obviously, and he's just next level quick. He's yeah. one of those guys that's just you know everyone's fast, but he's just next level fast. Like Definitely. so, you just see him. He completely does Johnny McNichols on the outside, and the ten can't get anywhere near it as yeah. well. We actually have to try in our try of the week, like, so we'll have that clip for you later on, you'll see it, it's, yeah. it's ridiculous how fast he is. Was an, that was a great, another great try was Johnny McNichol's one, yeah. um, on the, on, coming down the right side, yeah. um, so it was lovely, and there was five other tries other than that. So, uh, bonus we, point win? Bonus point, point I think they yeah. got a bonus point in the 79th minute or something, so. I think so, yeah. But Osprey's good news in for Ulster, because if Osprey's won that, they would have leapfrogged the mighty Ulster, but they didn't. I, I didn't even realise that. I, would have I look up. The mighty. I look up. <laughs> Um, and I yeah. did realise Edinburgh ahead of Ulster, but listen, fixtures all. Uh, you know, some teams. I think Munster have two or three games in hand now. Like it's, uh, it's uh, yeah. We're not get too bogged down just just yet. Yeah, the it's league just, is all over the place, so we'll yeah. see how that plays out in the next couple of months. But there's no point in us looking looking forward to what games are going to be on next week because we don't know what are going to be on. So yeah. we'll just we'll just wait until next week to review them. But we one other game over the Christmas. And yeah. On Christmas Eve, yeah. yeah, the Italians played against each other. The only game that was on around Christmas time, Benetton uh, gave Zebra a pretty good whooping, 39-14. Mm. It was actually a decent game in fairness to him. Uh, Ioanni was unbelievable. Benetton, lads, Benetton are a good team. Yeah. I know poor Zebra are absolute rubbish and haven't. When is it? They haven't won a game since February of last year. So basically, nearly as long as since Italy have won a game in the Six Nations. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. Benetton are a good. Team. Benetton are good. Yeah, they are. They're playing very well. Just the whole way through, they're mostly Italian. Italian team play for Benetton so they're training week in week out with each other um, but uh, one as I said there Monte Ioanni played really well he set up an incredible try and he also chased back um, it's in our jukebox of the week chased back and made an unbelievable tackle so he's playing really well but Zebra just weren't up to much like um, the, the only really one good moment I saw from Zebra was a set piece towards the end of the game uh, came off a line out and Tui Vaku plays for the Fiji Sevens made a break up the middle of the pitch beat a few guys and passed it into the second centre and that was mm. probably the only glimmer of, of hope maybe, maybe we should team. replace Zebra with a Georgian professional team or something inside the pro oh yours. don't start that <laughs> um, yeah listen it is it is it's a, it's a shame to see Benetton uh, like they're going alright but you know they've also been in quarterfinals before so they have gone backwards maybe they're going forwards again I think it's hard to judge um, Zebra are definitely back to the old Zebra which is you're going to win unless you make a bollocks of it oh yeah you're, you're right, um, we felt like or I always felt that they got past that stage where you didn't have to play terrible to lose because they actually you actually had to, play, you had to play you actually had to play a decent well, game to win. Decent, like. They're actually a decent side. Yeah, it feels like they're back where they were before. Um, and <clears throat> yeah, it's not good to see. So hopefully, um, you know, they can both keep winning games. We want it to be competitive. You don't want to have fixtures that are sort of you don't Walk want whipping boys. You want competitive games. And again, I didn't see that game on Christmas Eve, but like of all the games, like I don't know, of all the games I ended up watching over the past week, I don't know how I ended up watching ten eight with Maul tries and block down kicks <laughs> and uh, how many how many passes forty five passes I, like a pass every two minutes like well, how does that work I think that's what <laughs> makes hands, it so much hands. worse is like there was no match on all of Christmas and you're like you're like finally this game on oh it's Munster Connacht it's gonna be good, good game, game it's gonna be good game and then you watch that and you're just like the best thing was the scrap at halftime. <laughs> 
definitely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, we'll move on to the contenders for Troy of the Week, lads, will we? Yeah. Even yeah, though there wasn't, yeah. wasn't that many matches there on, but we still many. have our three nominations. Uh, so first up is Mr. Bundy Aki against Munster. Um, this is where he comes it in. It was the one we mentioned earlier. The, deals it from the forwards. This was after Chris Farrell's yellow card, kind of kicked to the corner, and then Bundy comes in. I don't know what for gives him the ball. We're trying to we were trying to see there who was it. I um, can't see. He kind of comes in out of nowhere. It's clever, like big. I don't know. Like I suppose they were going to score it anyway, weren't they? Like I suppose it's yeah. tough to tell. Great he try. Does well. so this is um this is the Luke Morgan try with the absolute wheels. ridiculous wheels. See the thing is as well that's McNichol. He's gone past. He's I do think McNichol takes him ten meters to realise he's more fudged there and there's no one there, but that is serious <laughs> gas. Outpacing a winger like that's just a flex. It's the ten I've it? discussed with the Scarlet's ten who like literally looks I like he ate the full I'm Christmas I'm turkey. I'm pretty sure he was going uphill, so give him a break. <laughs> yes, this I, is uh, Johnny McNichols. You can see Johnny McNichols' speed here, so it shows you how quick Luke Morgan was. That's Johnny McNichol running down the wing there. So I mean, but what about that offload? Yeah, that offload out the back door. It's lovely. Yeah, three great tries. Here we go. That's lovely. Great skills. Lovely. Um, so for me, my try of the weekend would have been, I just like Luke, Ma Luke Morgan's pace, but I think the context of Bundy Aki's try uh, was, uh, <laughs> sorry, I know you don't like that. Actually, the context of it, I think, was really big. So I'm going for Bundy Aki's. Let's get, like, just to see the rugby lad waltz in here, having seen Munster get beaten, I'm all over that, Greg. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I think uh, Luke Morgan saw a try of the week, guys. Uh, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Bundy Aki it is. Bundy Aki, look, I'm out voted two to one. Moving on to my favourite part, to cheer me up anyway, into the uh, jukebox of the week. Um, first one up, Bundy Aki. <laughs> <laughs> is the whooping, whooping and whooping in, in, uh, in fairness, look, that is an incredible steal. Like, who, is it on John Klein or someone? Like, John it's Klein, on a, yeah. It's on a big second row. Like, I mean, it's John Klein's even a big boy. Technically, like, he, you can see... He goes like he wins the collision, yeah, and then he changes his grip. It's good, yeah. real good this play. Is the big bop from Tiziano Pasquale, uh, who just bops over two zebra players. <laughs> That's impressive. That's impressive, yeah. This is the one you loved, and this one, this is incredible. This is the third one, yeah, yeah. where Montiuani chases all the way back. Look where he is, look. It's he unbelievable. Is, Even look here. how far back he is. He's still another ten meters there, and your man's in the twenty-two. That is quick. Oh. And even 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 the tackle as well. He he picks him up. Pulls him around, so like he's no chance of reaching for the line whatsoever. Like the the technique of the tackle, the speed, just everything. So I'm giving it to. Monty I think that has to win anyway. But yeah, yeah. We can't give Bundy Aki two of them, like you know. Unbelievable. <laughs> oh, we should, actually should have gotten Bundy. <laughs> Imagine the woman in Holland. Bundy would have done in his house when he heard he got a double, the, the first double of the House of Rugby UFC <laughs> podcast. Yeah. That has to go to Monty Uani for the chase back. Oh. Yeah. So other rugby news, Jason, do you want to bring us on to it? Yeah, I mean, like we were planning on a big kind of New Year's special last week and talking about all our stuff, but then all the matches got postponed. It was like, there's no point in even doing a show. <laughs> not, and most of us probably have COVID. We have to isolate or whatever. But So we're going to look, look back on 2021. I, mean, I, I don't know about you guys, but 2021 to me felt like the fastest year ever. I don't even like to, I, it feels like I've never experienced a year so quick. So even trying to think back what happened, because it was such a funny, strange, up and down year with everything. But um, best player of 2021, I mean, for me, I think Irish player has to be Robbie Henshaw. I mean, you're just going for the Rugby Players Ireland Awards there. Are you picking straight off? No, but like even long hold before on, that. Hold like on, was... wait for this. Who won the Rugby Players Awards? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, wait, I've, wait I've, I've, I have two players down here. I've got Robbie Rob, Henshaw. Robbie Henshaw. I've got, no, I've got Robbie Henshaw and I've got Jamison Gibson <laughs> Park based on what he did in the Six Nations, what he did in November and his consistency with Leinster. For him, that there's a guy that kind of, 
I never thought he'd coming in so late at 27, 28 with likes with someone like Conor Murray there that he'd be able to oust him. But, but he's, he's been incredible. Do you know, uh, yeah. I like must switch off for a second there because you and you said, you know, he's come in at 27 or 28 so late and I was like, Robbie Henshaw has been playing for Ireland since he's 19. What's he on about? I'm talking about Gibson Barrett. Oh, <laughs> and then you start talking about putting Conor Murray out of the team. I was like, what is going on here? Yeah, welcome to the show, Derek. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks anyway, for having who's, me. Who's your best player of 2021? Uh, um, Robbie Henshaw. <laughs> Rugby players Ireland Robbie Henshaw oh, in an Irish context it has to go to Henshaw but I'm thinking globally yeah. um, obviously people are going to say DuPont but he's, he's just the best player in the world so I forget about him I know what you're going to say <laughs> Lucanio um, I, I just it, think he is just incredible Lucanio um, what about that taking give against England taking give man. Still that's actually that. like a moment that could be my moment, fa- favourite moment of the year like, I'm skipping the run sheet here but that taking give like oh. against England in, yeah. for he man people he doesn't get it um, it was <laughs> when it was England South Africa there a few months ago. I remember it. I yeah, remember it's yeah. who he waxed in lyrical over it. But it's just Luke it yeah, incredible. the whole year he's just playing with South Africa and he even captained him at one stage and just defensively in an yeah. attack, I just think he, he's been my player of the year and I think yeah. uh, under DuPont he's the second best yeah. player in the world. But the, fact, the fact that he wasn't nominated for World Player of the Year, like, I mean he's the only guy that actually could have challenged DuPont to actually win it. I think, yeah. you know what, I, like, <clears> when you started that I was like, oh, court, Luke DuPont, blah blah blah. So I like that. Someone different. Yeah. Yeah. I second that motion. Yeah, yeah. I think special mention as well, I know it's because it's Munster, but not just the way he played for Munster, but the way he played in the Rugby Championship and the way he played in the Lions Tour was Dale Linde. It was He hasn't been great for Munster, but the way he played in those in those two championships, yeah. he was different class. Obviously, it's just the two of them together, like he's you got through them 12-13. Yeah, They're the best centre partnership in the world. Munster class, aren't they? Munster aren't, but Dale Linde is. <laughs> <laughs> Dale Linde is unfortunately. He, nah, he's cla- he's a class he was. Player. He was he's incredible really in that Lions Tour. Like he probably, he, if, if you were to pick an overall player in the Lions Tour, probably yeah, he just has, I think he just has a different mindset when he's playing for South Africa. He's just, it just seems to mean well, much he's, more. He's got 14 of the best players around him in the world as well, like in that yeah. coach and Razzie Erasmus and Jack yeah. Azina Bar and stuff. It kind of helps. What about Razzie Erasmus dancing, lads? Did you see that, that video? Uh, I, that, that's like, my favourite moment in 2021. It took me, like, I'd say, 15 minutes on Twitter trying to figure out what was going on with Razzie Erasmus. Like, just like, do you know when I was going, and, uh, hold on, what, why is he shouting at his, uh, at his bulldog? And why, like, who's drinking pints in his house? Like, what, like, uh, why is he singing Vanilla Ice? I just couldn't. For, and then I was for like, anyone oh. that hasn't seen this, go yeah. on to Razzie Erasmus' Twitter. So basically, Razzie Erasmus was given a, it's a 12-month ban in total from, like, being at rugby matches, but he got a two-month ban from all rugby altogether. And he has his little videos at home, and he's, he's obviously taking bored. the absolute piss out of it. Yeah. He's showing his world rugby sheets. He's going around drinking, eating, dancing. He's pissed every night of the week and he's making it out as if he's locked in his house for two months just wore a rugby as if he's on house house arrest arrest. yeah Yeah, yeah. he's not on house arrest go on and watch his videos they're just you'll absolutely wet yourself in this day and age that a director of international rugby can be doing that on social media is just brilliant it is you need more of those characters I totally agree because he's also unbelievable at his job so it's not like he's He's messing he's probably probably one of the best coaches in the world imagine you see Joe Smith and Johan Bengrad I would love to see Joe Smith (laughs) it's Friday (laughs) (laughs) oh brilliant okay moving on best breakthrough player of the year we're doing Irish and international Uh, yeah we can do whatever I mean from an Irish perspective I suppose like if you look at someone like Hume has been fantastic for Ulster James Hume Casey was more 20 yeah I suppose Casey was kind of last year, which was a real breakthrough year to really get into the scene, get into the Irish squad, make it like, actually take Connor's position a few times. Um, Casey, Sheehan yeah. came out, of, I know Sheehan's the same age as as what as, as Kelleher, like, but he kind of came out of nowhere at the start of the season, like, and now he's straight into an Irish team. Do you know what I was class. thinking about Sheehan? Was that why don't Munster bring him down? 
Would he want to come down? <laughs> but like, why would he want to? Sorry, obviously pay him enough to come oh, yeah. down. But but Munster needs like, a hooker at the moment, yeah, and he'd be like, Munster need a hooker, and you've got like he's yeah. when you've got Keller in front of you, it makes sense. It could happen. You don't know. And you'd have Keller and Sheehan playing week in week out yeah. against each other, and, and the, like I just think she. That's what we thought with Carberry, like, and that didn't exactly work out too well, did it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's um, do you know what? Almost controversial selections, right? I think there's a couple of players who have there have been like breakthrough the barrier of the level they were already at the likes of like Kelleher yeah. like for me 12 months ago I would have said yeah Kelleher like he, he looks a half decent player and I would have been saying with like Porter I would have been going yeah listen yeah. Andrew Porter is a decent player but there are two guys yeah, now really. yeah and like maybe could you include Doris in that as well you or, could. Like, or Conan guys that have gone from like yeah he's good who, but he's if the they weren't in, if they weren't in the Ireland team those four players, right, a year ago, if they weren't picked in an Ireland team, you wouldn't really be that shocked. If they weren't picked in like a 32 or a 36, you would have been a little shocked, but you wouldn't have been talking about it. Mm. And now, like, in particular, probably that front row, like, you're looking at that front row and you're like, I'm going, that's probably the best club front row in the world. Definitely. And one of the best, do you know what I mean? It's probably the best yeah. international front row in the world as well. Like, those guys... <laughs> um, yeah, so it's not really a, it is kind of breakthrough, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, it They've is. They've kind of right, broken yeah. through it's to like the, breakthrough. Yeah, yeah they're right. now for me. They are now like I would describe those three as I would describe them as world class. Mm -hmm. Maybe getting a little bit ahead of it with Callagher, but like that's where I think those three are going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go good, come outside of Ireland for a breakthrough player, similar enough um, to what you're saying about Callagher. He's been around. Marcus Smith, he's been around for years, but he his year this year for Harlequins yeah. and for England, incredible. That, like I mean, he went off, won won the Premiership with Harlequins, starred for them, then was playing for England the and got taken off at half time, taken off towards the end to to get to, to get told. Oh, by the way, he just got called up to the Lions, and then he played one game for him. He was absolutely class. Yeah, and then came back and started for England. Came back, started England. He was class again. He was brilliant against South Africa. He scored the winning kick to beat South Africa. So yeah, that's a, that's another good shout. Like, because again, a year ago you'd been like, yeah, no, like, easy, yeah. He's been like, is Eddie Jones has a minute? An apprentice, and like yeah. he was a kind of. I remember playing Harlequins about four years ago now when he was really young and not being that impressed by him. Yeah. Like, I guess kids, there's a lot of talk about him and not really yeah. that impressed. Well, he got his first cap when he was 18 years old, man. He was still in school yeah. I think, when he got his first cap. I think so. I I Harsh, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a chance, we're like. a nights out, Maria team. But yeah. Um, yeah, he's a good shot. Like, he has just, yeah. he's been unbelievable. And if you'd have said to me a year ago, he would start at 10 for being England's best 10. Yeah. I said, no, no chance. Way. Or yeah. go on the Lancer or won the Premiership with Harlequins. So yeah. good shot. I think yeah. Freddie Stewart's another one. Freddie Stewart, Leicester, the yeah. full back. There's a guy who's literally come out of nowhere and like, he's England's starting full back now and he is absolutely yeah, incredible. He literally came out of nowhere. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's he's another good shot. You two are on fire. I don't have anyone. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. We do this, we do this are, weekly, man. Who are the best uh, breakthrough, <laughs> breakthrough players? Breakthrough players, 2021. Should be in us. And Antoine Dupont, I got. We'll move on to favourite moment 2021. I think it, it came late in the year, but I think it's very hard to look past the, the win over the All Blacks because that was just class. I yeah. thought he was going to talk about arms taking give. As we, well. we can, yeah, we've already swapped much. Sorry. Um, we, we, sorry, we, we, sorry, you can put that down if you want. But yeah. I don't know. I, I, no, what do you think? Be. It has to be. It has to be. Can't like. I mean, like yeah. beating the All Blacks would be would probably be your favourite moment nearly every year. But the manner in which they beat them, the style in which they beat them, they play, beat them playing their own game. They bullied the All Blacks. They dismantled them. They did, yeah. We can't, you can't really go past that. Like yeah. the Ireland's win against All Blacks in the Aviva Stadium, incredible. Yeah, yeah definitely. definitely. It's kind of, it's a real like 
it's a real boring stock answer, but it just like it just is the truth. Yeah. Is there any other favourite moments besides our one with Lucanio and catch <laughs> I don't pass? Know if, I don't know if that'll get the same. Oh, even another actually Lucanio <laughs> moment that I think was unbelievable. It was in the rugby championship, the around the back pass for Dale Inde, oh, trying that, the corner. I did see that. That's like that, that was that, unbelievable. That's outrageous. Like, things like that. Like, they're the kind of things I'd kind of send out to me like that was class. Ireland, oh, like, it feels like a so long ago. Like, but the, the win over England, Ireland's win against England. That was a real turning point for Ireland where like everyone was like, oh, is Farrell going to get sacked? Is he this? Yeah. Is he that? Mm-hmm. Then they won that game and then there was a big massive break and then he, we came into the November Internationals then and just... Because I remember I, um, I was on telly for that game and I remember before the game being like, we're in trouble yeah, today. Yeah, we've no well, And then like, we absolutely dished them up and then afterwards yeah. I was like, told you so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was, yeah, that was the turning point for Ireland. Yeah, like, no, so it was. That's a big, we it forget was. like as it feels like so long ago but everything, COVID kind of, COVID makes life run in slow motion but also makes things speed up for some reason. It's, it's weird. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> the way it yeah. works, it kind of, you forget about things. Um, but, next one, standout try of the year. Any, um, any tries that stand out for you guys? Like I said that day, Linda one stood out, obviously. If we're looking at URC, as you mentioned, before the show, Dan Sheehan. I think Dan Sheehan's one just stands out for me just because it's a hooker against the winger yeah. and it's... It's unbelievable. Obviously, the one that Leinster, um, they moved it out to him and he went down the wing and beat Mac Hansen. Um, if you did it as an international winger, you would have been impressed. So, yeah. Mac Hansen's uh, try on the, f- the first round. Yeah. Where you like, was, it, was the, yeah, it was the first round. It was, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I think it was against, um, was it against the, either the Stormers or the Bulls? Yeah. yeah. That amazing try where he runs the lane and he lent to the pitch and like, steps about 12 guys. That's yeah. a, that was a really good one. Yeah, really yeah, good. Yeah, he's, got, he's scored a good few. He scored three or four that could be up there. Like if we're He's involved just... in all the clips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except he had a poor game in the weekend uh, to, to kind of take some wind out of his sails. He didn't I think, well, there's, yeah. listen, there's no question marks about his finishing ability, but also now if you look at the incidents surrounding him, uh, listen, he can score tries for fun. That's not under question, but I'm looking at that. Um, he's cost... Listen, it's unbelievable from Shane, but like... I don't think you're going to be playing much international rugby if that's the level of like I don't think he even tagged him like do you no. know what I mean like he didn't even touch him I don't know how <laughs> do you know yeah, what I mean yeah. Yeah. and then that effort for the um, the Munster block down great chase from Munster but that's sloppy yeah, yeah if you're Andy Farrell looking at that and just like the amount not, of like, Irish wingers like you're not going like get Keith Earls out of it get Conway out of it Zebo like the, 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 the way my answer yeah. do that no, that's no. a great comparison though Conway you'd, he would never make those mistakes like, yeah. he's just hitting hitting the no. uh, nail in the head every time so Mac Hansen's great but hopefully uh, hopefully he doesn't make those mistakes anymore we can see him in an Irish shirt at some stage yeah well like, uh, enough looking back on 2021 um, looking ahead to 2022 um any players we should be looking out for? I mean, from the four provinces, for Ireland, for the women's team. I think, I think for Munster personally, Scott Buckley, the the hooker, he got man of the match against Wasps. I was absolutely shocked that he wasn't even in the squad against Cast. And I remember even asking, I was speaking to one of the players afterwards, like, was he injured? I was like, no. So that's another poor shame that you just tried to sign uh, Sheehan down. Yeah, so well, Sheehan's my sign. Well, I'm, like, yeah. I'm, not joking, I'm just saying, like, I mean, there's a guy that kind of like, like he was, his lineup was flawless against Wasps. I know I was the last one missing my players around the pitch. Everything he did, like, he's like, and he's only like 21 or something. He's yeah. he's a real star for the future if he if he gets a good run of the team and they get a good coach in next year to to develop him. Yeah, and bring down Sheehan to train with him. Bring down Sheehan to take his place. Yeah. I think actually bring Sheehan down, but I don't, I think if, if you were Dan Sheehan, would you come out to Munster at the way things are at the moment? Well, look, I'm a Munster man, so I'm, I, I, I'd If, if, if you want to, yeah. come here, you're, you're a former pro, pick him up, you've got contacts in Leicester. <laughs> if you want to ask him, hey Dan, do you know, Limerick's really nice this time of year. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's Scott Buckley from Munster. Anyone, uh, another standout player to look out for 2022. 
It's probably an obvious one, but I think Gav Coombs is just playing unbelievable. I know he's obviously played really well for the last couple of months, but I think yeah. he's just going to keep going um, in 2022. And yeah. I think he should. he's good enough to be starting in an Irish back row. Yeah. There's a lot of depth, though, in the Irish back oh. row. Um, that's like saying, that's you... just what to say about Leinster. Like, we could say a standout player or player to look out for Leinster. I don't know, their entire academy. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone in St. Michael's. Anyone <laughs> in St. Michael's. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I do. Th- I rate Coombs really, really highly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, skills. It's just, just, just yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. There's just so many players. So it's just hard. But, like, yeah. I definitely, put it this way, if he was playing, like, regularly for Ireland, like, he wouldn't be out of place. No, no way. No way would he be out of place for Ireland. Speaking of the back row and the depth, Another guy, if we do want to mention one guy from Leinster, Scott Penny is another guy who's absolutely has all the tools and locker to be. But where is he going to fit? Where is he going to go? <laughs> Just, I don't know. Yeah. I can't say it again. We need another club. I can't say it again. Another province. <laughs> yeah. What about Ulster? Give us like a bit of insider info you know, now, um, Mr. Ulster himself. It's, uh, it's interesting. Like, again, like I did with the other breakthrough thing, I think after the... Northampton and Claremont games, I think for the first time I thought that James Hume isn't that far away from being involved with Ireland. Okay. Um, so, listen, there'll be a player that we haven't heard of come and play for Ulster. I do think Ulster have, at the minute, quite a lot of... It's like the younger ones, the Dukes, they've all kind of half come through already. I think he, in those two games for me, said that he is knocking, now knocking... Like, I now think he is potentially Ireland's fourth centre... Mm. I I think he was that I think he was that good uh, against Leinster against Claremont. I think he might have overtaken McCluskey and Farrell okay. uh, because he has a, yeah and 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 listen, <clears throat> I just thought he was so good. And if it wasn't that for Bundy and Henshaw and Ringrose, um, I think he's not. Put it this way: in November, and people were like, "Oh, what, you know, he's in the squad." And I was like, "Well, he's in the squad. Like he's he's token pick. He ain't getting like the closest he's getting to that stadium is yeah. if his mum and dad buy him a ticket." Yeah. Two, like, two out of those three centres started tests for the Lions in the summer. Yeah, you know whereas what I mean? I'm it's, now going like he is. He is. Cl- I think he is close now, and I yeah. think he uh, if he continues to play like this, I think he may be ahead of Farrell and McCluskey. That's, 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 that's some big call. statement from an ex uh, Ulster yeah, centre there. Not oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at Ireland itself, I think I think yeah, someone to keep an eye on again would be someone like Gibson Parkin, and if he can keep the f- form up he's playing because he was so important in November to the way Ireland played and to how fast they got the ball out and just the way they moved. I think he was. I'm not trying to slay Conor Murray or anything like, but I think his style of rugby just doesn't work with Ireland anymore, and we're kind of found out. I mean, we rubber back to his style. It just teams know how to defend against Ireland when they play that way. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just think he's already established now. Gibson Park. Like, well, I just think yeah. it's going to be interesting to watch out to see if he can keep it up because okay, the pressure's on him now. Like because he was so good in those three games that you know with Ireland, like if he comes out and he's a bad game in the first game of the Six Nations, you go, oh, let's bring back in Conor Murray because when you've got someone like as good as Conor Murray waiting on the bench, all yeah. you have to have one bad game and then. Uh, a guy who's been on three bloody Lions tours who started six tests is just going to come straight back in. Yeah. That's the thing I'd be worried about. He yeah. needs to maintain a level of performance so that he doesn't go back to that system. I, I think another person to watch out for for the Irish team is Caelan Dyers. I think he's just yeah. he's just too good not to pick. And every game he played this year, he was just incredible. Like I know he's he, class. Yeah, he's just top level at least. I think him, yeah, him and him and Conan cannot be dropped now. And it's just one of them goes six, one of them goes eight, and that's it. Yeah. They're the two. They're the two first guys that have to be has there. To be. And then seven, like, is actually I know Van der Fleer just does not make mistakes, but that is a position that someone could come in and grab that jersey possibly. Yeah. But yeah. two boys, forget about it. I would I would agree with you. If I was picking the Irish back row, I would start with those two six yeah. and eight. 
the, in the work backwards and then figure out who's playing who, seven. Who goes in seven I, I think the interesting thing for 2022 is just going to be who puts their hand up, who gets backed and who puts their hand up at, at 10. Um, like I, Johnny Sexton's going to be Ireland's best fly half at the World Cup, in my opinion. Yeah. I would like to see him not play a lot of games for Ireland 2022 because for me, that's just the glaring chink in the armory. We spoke about this in the last pod. Um, Joey's after getting hurt again. Who goes in there now? That's, and you can see that for some reason Andy Farrell prepares Harry Byrne and it looks like Leo prepares Ro- Ross Byrne. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like Billy Byrne seems to have slipped away from that little conversation. Can we see I, Jack Carty come back in? He's been good with a contract. He's the, he's the one who I'm, I'm now wondering. Um, but why won't they pick him like I know he came in training but like would they go left field and bring up bring in someone like Ben Healy I don't know I, I think I, I personally I don't think so yeah. I think but it's starting like we, we were talking about before we came on air the World Cup we're on the countdown now yeah, it's and the, we now know we now if we get the quarterfinal and Johnny Sexton's not playing like we're in trouble oh yeah. yeah we don't know the answer to that question that's what I would love to see At the, I would be always pro-Carberry, pro-Carberry, but he has just got at the stage now where he just hasn't played his best rugby in like two and a half, three years, yeah. and I wonder now... Well, he did get man the match against New Zealand. He, played, he had one good game there. Yes. And that, other than that, he's been, he's been working up to that moment, really. Yeah. I think the door's ajar for Jack Carty. Yeah. So I think that's just one to watch. I think for mm. consistency and level-headedness, I think Jack Carty should be in there if you're looking at a replacement 10 for the World Cup. And stop messing around with these other guys. He's yep. Ian, he's Ian. Jack Carty's going to do the job for you, like, I yeah. think. Yeah, I think so. Um, we didn't do a, a, a player for Connacht, did we? We did, we did. We'll move on to the women. Like, is anyone of the women? We we? Well, I'm, I'm going to you bring Connor, 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 Connor Oliver in? there again. Connor Oliver again, sorry. You mentioned yeah. him again. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I just think he yeah. sh- he's just playing so well yeah. and he needs to get at least a training squad with the Irish. Well, he's, he's a guy, like, I remember him at Munster. I remember he, he got a big bad injury then he came back and he got man to match. And when he left, I was surprised. I was like, why is this guy going? This guy's pretty good yeah but it's a good decision for him because he wasn't he was. getting in in Munster anymore but even now Dick like Munster could do it or not Munster don't have any that well, many team, sevens yeah. at the moment like and it's kind of like you shouldn't let him go no no um, well hopefully yeah and we've the Ireland women then yeah um, well I'm thinking a player to watch for 2022 is Bevine Parsons she plays yes. in the wing yeah. I think she's only just 19 if she's not 18 yeah. and she's incredible she just scores tries for fun she's yeah. like inc- she's like a Jonah Lomo of the Irish yeah, women's I think so, yeah. I agree with you. Um, so definitely watch out for her and I think that's it. Right, so guys, just to wrap it up, um, I just want to hear your final rugby wish, or your, your big rugby wish, should I say, for 2022. I mean, mine is pretty straightforward, it's pretty simple. I just want to see fixtures fulfilled. <laughs> that's yeah. it, really, you know? I think me and Darren's are probably be the exact same, like just rugby being played. Yeah. Just got, got, got more rugby on TV and stop postponing games. But look, it's not their fault, it's uh, the bloody COVID. We've been using that phrase, um, you know, just... Back to normality. Yeah. I've been using that for 18 oh, months. I would, loved, I would love to see some more normality. normality. Um, we thought we had it for a while there. We thought we got, in. like, we got, we tasted it. We, nah, it got <sighs> taken away from us. Um, yeah, some rugby. And oh. and crowds and stadiums. That's my other Yeah, one. we got them. I was, in, I was yeah. only saying, like, like, it's kind of nuts. I hadn't been to a Munster match, like, in a non working capacity in years. Went to the Munster cast match, full house. And I was like, wow, this is it now. This is gone again. Like you literally get back in, gone again. Like and that was one. Of, that was the first time they filled the stadium since before COVID, and they had they were so loud for for Munster Leinster on Stevens Day. First like time in fifteen season. years they filled the stadium. It's <laughs> <laughs> time to wrap up the show now. Oh, I think. brilliant! Bring it, send, bring us home, Greg. First time, yeah. <laughs> bring first us home, time Greg. Probably since uh, Ulster won in the Champions <laughs> Cup in twenty twelve. Ten years since it's been full. Well, that's all we got time for this week. Yeah, thanks very much, Jason, and thank you, Darren Kay, for coming down and super subbing in. And also, thank you to Bank of Ireland, the proud sponsors of the four Irish provinces. Stay safe out there, guys, and we'll catch you next week. 
Joe presents House of Rugby, United Rugby Championship, together with Bank of Ireland, proud supporter of the four Irish provinces.